always remember to pick up that turnip and just <laughs> shove it in your mouth rather than ordering skip the dishes again. <laughs> Uh, what's going on, everybody? This is Umar from Rock Paper Cilantro Podcast. Uh, welcome back. Thanks for listening. Uh, yes, we are still in a pandemic. If you were wondering, uh, I am a co-host here. Aside, we're semi socially distanced, although not emotionally distanced. Never. Side, side, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? I'm good. Uh, better than good, actually. Yeah. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, although today you dropped a bit of a bombshell, uh, he flipped the scripts on me today. Yeah. And so this is going to be a bit of a testament to how good we are and how well we can pull this off today. Yeah, because, you know, there's nothing like, you know, uh, just putting yourself through shock the shock factor in life. Yeah. Mix things up, you know. So this uh, is uh, this is gonna be a grind. I'm gonna put this out there right off the bat, but we'll kind of get through it. Uh, we'll struggle along the way. <laughs> I don't think we will, but uh, we'll be good. We'll, we'll be, be good. good. So I think just recounting where we left off, we should talk about turnips. Yeah. Let me set the stage sure. for turnips. Yeah. So. Think about this, right? I'm going to paint a visual sort of picture so you get the idea. Uh, you're off living on your own. You have some turnips. You have nothing else as far as food's concerned. It's late at night. Yeah. And you take a look at your turnips that you have, and then you open up your Skip the Dishes app, and you flip to your previous orders, and you think, okay, you know, I've run up quite the total here, right? I've been right. spending a lot of money. And you take a look at your waistline, and you think that, okay, this is, I'm going to have to rein it in a little bit. Right. <laughs> and then you take a look at your last item that you ordered, and then you press reorder and you say, fuck you, turnips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you still, you know. Yeah. And so. those turnips just stay there and they just keep rotting. Yeah. And, you know, you have to ultimately throw them out. Yeah. But. Uh, or not, if that's your thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, turnips, from your uh, anecdote here, uh, there, turnips, they are usually you know, just kind of left there on the side in the periphery. But uh, it's good for you. Yeah. It's good for you. <laughs> if right? you say so. It's, I mean, it's earthy as hell and it's good for you. And uh, we, in life, we do that. We always just leave things that are really good for us yeah, yeah, yeah. to the side. Yeah. And they just rot away. <laughs> And it shouldn't be like that. They could get you out of a pickle too, uh, you know, and yeah. not to discount them. They are food after all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not a big fan of turnips, but now I'm really thinking about it. I'm like, maybe I should have some more turnips just because that's better than fries uh, from McDonald's or hey, throw them, uh, throw them in a jar with vinegar and pickle your turnips. Yeah, pickle, pickle your turnips. Yeah, <laughs> hey, pickled anything is good. Man. Pickled anything is good. You could get dirt and pickle it, and I'm sure 
it would be okay. <laughs> get some bricks. You know? <laughs> get some bricks in there. Like Jesus All you're doing is sucking on the brick. <laughs> yeah. <it> out. <laughs> yeah. So this is going to be a bit of a grind. Uh, what we're going to be talking about today generally as another measure of context is work. I think we'll keep it surface level today, but you know, in future sessions, we'll get uh, a little bit into um, the various facets of what makes work work like uh, the good and bad and everything in between. Uh, but today is going to be a little bit more context around how we've gotten to where we are and the shitty jobs that we've had to work along the way. Yeah, I mean, but I'm sure that we're still going to end up like in the nitty gritty of it here and there. Yeah. Uh, but let's just see how yeah. it goes. Let's just, let's just see. Let's just, just say that we're not going to be talking about promotions today. No, <laughs> no. Because, so from uh, that perspective, yeah. maybe not so nitty gritty, but uh, yeah. we'll get there. We'll get there. Like, I mean, what do we have to do these days to get that promotion? Not work. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. It's not related to work in any way. So let's but, talk uh, a little bit about shitty jobs. I, for me, I, I don't think that we could get into it without talking about how we get to working shitty jobs or mundane jobs to begin with. It's our situations and circumstances that lead us there. So I know for me, for the most part, it's been a lot to do with um, periods of time in between. So, for example, uh, right after high school, there was a little bit of time before the fall semester starting uh, somewhere. And so there was that time to kind of find a job to kind of occupy myself. There was a time in between school or post-secondary um, so after Mount Royal or in between semesters at SATE, directly after SATE as well. So I think that's what I would attribute it to is for me, those mundane jobs had a lot to do with just occupying a stretch of time right. that I had and circumstances as well, because at one point after SATE uh, or actually before SATE, when I took a year off, that's when I was a little bit aimless and I didn't really know what I wanted to get into mm -hmm. as far as a post-secondary route was concerned. Uh, so I thought, oh, well, I'm not going to sit idle. Whenever I do get to post-secondary, I want to have some money in the bank account so I can actually afford to go to post-secondary. Because <laughs> that's yeah. a big thing too. And the funny thing is, chances are, even after working for the whole summer, you still couldn't afford to. Yeah. to really truly go to school yeah no kidding right? uh, and then so. so it just working between semesters on uh, on the summer breaks to kind of get my way through that um so yeah long stretches of time it got me there and some circumstances as well mm -hmm. I, I don't know what it was like for you well uh yeah uh, more or less the same it's like uh you know in between high school and in between even like you know during my post-secondary time i always just kind of like picked the uh, easiest route that i could find like i knew that i didn't want to actually work at like play fast food ch uh, chains and shit like that like yeah. just putting up with like just garbage people all day long i'm like screw that so like the easy little hassle jobs that i would find i would do them yeah. which were mainly well, actually you know what uh, it was security but when i really think about it i didn't really do that much security like especially when i was going to school and stuff like that i just needed pocket money 
it was like, oh, okay, I go to the site and then I just do nothing all day. Yeah. I walk once in a while and then bam, there's a paycheck right there. <laughs> so like it was easy. Like, so it was shitty. I knew that it was like really shitty job. Like I just did it for the money. And also because I knew it was like really short term. Yeah. Right? Like, oh yeah, like a couple of months. But uh, even before that, if people listen to the very first podcast we did, I used to work at the airport. I actually worked at Sabaros. It's a fast food uh, place. And the only reason I even went there is because it was just like, I just went in and the guy's like, okay, yeah, you're hired. Like, (laughs) that's what it was. I'm like, oh, okay, well, fuck it then. I'll just do it because I'm only coming here just so I have like pocket money and it's easy. And I was, it was literally right after high school. So I was like, yeah, I'm not looking for anything serious or whatever. I just want to like make money. And then that's pretty much it. So then when you're just looking for money and nothing else, I think it's really easy for a lot of people to just commit to shitty jobs because you know that it's a short term thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So so it's different when we're younger and we are in shitty jobs because, you know, it's whatever. For me, I remember one where I forget when this was and throughout the session, I'm going to be saying that a lot. But nevertheless, I'll try and recount some experiences. So I think the first job that I had was working at a warehouse uh, for one of our uncles or family friends. He managed this warehouse. I think even my brother Ali got a start there as well. Like that was his first job as well. Right, cool, cool. Uh, And so... It was shitty from the perspective of like working a laborous, uh, labor intensive gig, yeah. you know, as your first thing. Yeah. And you kind of don't know what this life is all about. So kind of like waking up at like four to kind of like get there, start at six. Yeah, man. Right. And then uh, picking up heavy shit when you you're know, weak as fuck because you haven't. Yeah. Like, you haven't, you're, you're just starting. Out. Yeah. You haven't you haven't like really <laughs> even gotten the chance to recover. From yeah. the previous day. Uh, In some cases, the previous week even. Exactly. Right? So, so the day-to-day struggle of like recovering, uh, picking up heavy boxes or whatever it is. Schedule was sweet in a sense that like you got accustomed to the routine. Yeah. Uh, getting off at three or four was always good. Yeah. Uh, and then you had to commute back home. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, there was a supervisor there who, who wasn't the best, uh, shall we say. For him, I think it used to be about efficiency and getting the order right. So these pickers will be on forklifts picking the orders and then you had to kind of like stack them on a skid and then you had to stack them in such a way so as to put the heavy boxes on the bottom mm-hmm. the light ones on the top so right, shit right, wouldn't right. get ruined yeah. him being the supervisor or in somebody else in, in another role they would check at the end to make sure that your uh, whatever you had on the list was on the skid and then off the skid would go on to loading because this guy was like super anal about timing, uh, you know, often things, you know, when you're under pressure and, you know, not only me, even others as well who were packers, they sometimes made mistakes as well. Yeah, it's yeah, human yeah. nature. And he would just like come down on you or whatever it was. Yeah. And he didn't, by the way, care at all that I was new. Yeah. Right. And this being my first job, he didn't care one bit. And then he just had at it or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and then I always kind of like hated that, like. This guy's such a dick. 
Mm-hmm. And he doesn't even show up on on time uh, in the morning uh, to kind of like punch in or whatever it was. Whereas we are there like five fifty eight, just like ready yeah. to punch yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on time because yeah. we're like so afraid we're gonna. And lose. I think that's a universal story that's been told so many times. Is like you work like for six hours straight. Then you go on lunch or whatever, a uh, half hour lunch. Let's say your lunch is supposed to end at 1230. Mm-hmm. And then you walk back into work or whatever at uh, 1231. Uh, and your fucking supervisor has the nerve to say, <laughs> why are you late? One more time. This is a warning. One more time. Yeah, and exactly. believe it or not, that actually legit happened to me and Refut when we're working at Walmart. So it's like universally with shitty jobs comes uh, shitty supervisors and managers. But I'll tell you a funny story. My first job ever was also at a warehouse uh, through Fowler. Oh, interesting. And so I worked at store care, right? But honestly, the job was shitty. Like you're standing on your feet all day, packing all these different items into box and whatever. So we had to actually punch in every morning, right? Like you would swipe in your uh, card. It wasn't really a card. It was like a piece of paper. And then okay. you just like yeah. the old school swiping in and it was totally. swiping out. And we would, we would swipe out at the end of every day or whatever. And one day, one of the guy, uh, one of the other students, he's like, wouldn't it be funny is that when you swipe out, right? After a long day <laughs> of hard work and everything, right? Like your back is burning your like thighs are just like killing you and then you swipe out and the machine says fuck you (laughs) and and that stuck with me for all those years because i'm like you know even though that doesn't actually happen that's what it feels like at the end of the every day when you swipe in it's like the machine is saying fuck you and and that kind of carried on throughout my entire life and any shitty job i've done where like i'm done for the end of the day that always comes back to me it's like it always feels like someone out there especially my supervisors or whatever instead of a thank you it's like fuck you see you tomorrow morning (laughs) right like that's what it always felt like uh, to this day actually but the people that were fine mostly because i feel like uh they knew that we were students we were there for credit really Mm -hmm. right so they never took us very seriously because we screwed up a lot i screwed up so many orders but nobody ever yelled at me so in a weird way it was a shitty but a good experience. And that's saying a lot about <laughs> shitty jobs in general. Uh, there was one I remember where, so this was a gig at uh, a mattress factory. The kind of shitty thing there was like, again, not necessarily like being trained, but then just kind of like jumping in head first and everybody around me kind of expecting me to just know yeah, everything yeah. Uh, right off the bat which is kind of shitty and then just people kind of like pressuring me to get things right which obviously i wouldn't on my first day or my first week or my fucking first month for um for example right so at least initially so think about the way these things are packaged right so first of all there's there's like these steel mattress or i don't know what the material is right so it's like steel mattress frames that are like piled high in a warehouse and when the order comes you have to like take the frames and then put them on an assembly line sure so that um they could be packaged or whatever it is not using the right term that's essentially what you had to do was take these single or double or queen or king-sized steel frames which are quite heavy Mm -hmm. to lift off of a pile first of all and then 
put them on the assembly line. Yeah. That was essentially it. But I was essentially doing it, at least initially, bare hands. Um, and so I learned very quickly <laughs> that I wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because my hands were, you should have seen them. They were a bloody mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then somebody has me a pair of gloves uh, thinking, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah, and and you're probably like, wow, like what are these things? <laughs> yeah, right, like gloves. These are a godsend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, like no one, there was sort of like no handholding, even uh, from the standpoint of safety or whatever yeah. it was. It was just like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here. we're throwing you off the deep end. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you can swim. No, but they have like no, they have zero concern for like they they don't even look at you as a human being, yeah, right, yeah. at all. And that's the number one thing in any shitty job. And all of us have done them. Like another one that I will never forget till the day I die <laughs> is uh, the going back to the Sabaros at the airport I used to work at. And in fact, my brother also worked there. So he's, he worked there too. And I remember this was near the time when I quit, right? Uh, I had some classes starting up in Chinook College, right? And it was my fault. I kind of neglected to look at the schedule and everything. So, like, you know, I was supposed to actually go to this class one day earlier than I thought it was. But I was also working at Sabaros uh, that day. So I call in and I call the our supervisor or whatever. And I tell him that, hey, uh, sorry, I can't come into work tomorrow. Like, you know, I got to go to class and stuff like that. And I will never forget till the day I die. And honestly, like, it was mind-numbing. I actually remember this so well. I was like, what the fuck did he just say? And he's like, you know what? This is unacceptable. Okay, you got to make a decision now. This job or education? And I was like, who, who, what the fuck did you just say? Like, did you even hear yourself say that? Education or a piece of shit? No, nothing. Never going to get anywhere job at Sabaros. Like I gave up education to do this job. It, back then I had balls, right? And I told them, uh, yeah, fuck this. See ya. I quit. And that that's how I quit. <laughs> right? And then I just went to class. I was like, what the hell was that? That was the most absurd thing. One of the most absurd things that anyone has ever said to me in my entire life. Like the balls on this guy. Like I'm like, dude, I know you're a 50 something year old guy. And you're the supervisor yeah. of Sabaros, one location <laughs> at Sabaros. So you probably think you got it made. And at that time, I was like young, like probably 16 or something like that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't think I'm going to give up on education and try to aspire to better things and just settle at Sabaros. Be like, yeah, dad, mom, fuck everything. I, <laughs> I am a pizza maker at uh, Sabaros. <laughs> Aren't you proud of me? Tell everybody what your son does. At the very least, the guy probably drives a souped-up Toyota Corolla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what's funny? I'm pretty sure, uh, I got asked because he's, but I'm pretty sure he did drive a Toyota Corolla. <laughs> I've done a lot of shitty jobs, unfortunately, and I've had a lot of good jobs too. But that's one recur recurring theme that I've always seen is that every supervisor I had at shitty jobs, yeah. they make it sound like it's a gift from God, yeah. right? Like, you know, like I, they couldn't possibly be anything better out there, yeah. right? So these people, uh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> man, right? like they are some of the funniest people I've ever met. And not funny as in ha-ha funny, 
funny yeah. as in pathetic, <laughs> right? And sad, like you know. And I don't know. I don't. Know. At uh, where you're working in the airport, yeah, yeah. You had uh, several mutual friends working at the same time. Yeah, yeah. But but they were all doing different things. Like they were doing security. Then the you know the car like you know selling cards like yeah, credit yeah. cards and stuff like the that. The leeches, as I call them. <laughs> well, yeah, which <laughs> which me, Rifat, Manal, Umi did as well. Uh, uh, no, I star sister Atia did as well. So yeah. fuck you, all right? Like uh, you know, good leeches. I don't. Manal was really good. Uh, oh man, she was like she was the one to aspire to like she was she i don't know how she did it but she she she, she has that personality and she's like really good and she's she was people, she's so, a people person yeah she was so good right and i could i would spend all day and i could barely break even you know like I barely and she would be very flirty that worked right for with guys that doesn't work and that's something me and some of the other guys uh, talked uh, there about like you know it works for her right because you know she's flirty and all of that but then if we get flirty then we would have security guards just like <laughs> handcuffing us and dragging us out of the airport because it's just considered creepy yeah. when a guy gets all flirty or whatever yeah, right know. and most of the times we would sign up guys I can't get flirty with guys, yeah, I know. right? So, you know. Like, <laughs> hey, man, you just got to turn it on. <laughs> yeah, I, I can barely turn it on with girls, let alone guys, all right? So, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you had the pleasure of working in call centers, because uh, I certainly did, and it wasn't good. <laughs> Mostly, it wasn't um, It wasn't necessarily the people, though. Right. This time, yeah. the supervisors and or manager roles, they were okay. Mostly though, due to the nature of the job, mm -hmm. uh, telemarketing, right? Yeah. So people on the other end would be shitty. Oh yeah, I, I mean, what do you expect? You did that to yourself, my friend, right? Like, That's I'm, what I mean. That's I'm what not mean. even nice to telemarketers <laughs> either because I'm like, what's your problem? I already told you, stop calling. Yeah, no kidding. All right. I worked at, um, there was a furnace cleaning gig. So just like cold calling people to get their furnaces cleaned. Yeah. There was that gig. There was. Um, How about I clean your clocks out? Huh? <laughs> As you can see, I'm not a big fan of telemarketers. <laughs> there was the um, Canadian Diabetes Association, uh, which was a good gig. Sure. Uh, mostly from the perspective of like we were doing good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a donation of clothes uh, goes to the yeah. association or whatever it was. It was for a good cause. Sure, it does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure it does. <laughs> sure. Sure. I know what you mean. I, I had doubts myself. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, at least there, you know, people were a little bit uh, open as far as their hearts were concerned and they weren't as cold. There was the scam gig. So I'm not sure if I told you about this. This was like way long ago. I don't know if you're going to remember. But uh, I was part of a very large local scam ring <laughs> doing telemarketing <laughs> gig. So what we would do is we would call up unsuspecting uh, peeps down in the States and try to get them to sign up for this uh, credit card, which had an activation. Have you ever been shot in your life? Because <laughs> <laughs> this, this story, I feel like, is leading up to a good reason why you should have been shot. 
But uh, no, actually, you never told me about this. So uh, this card, the way that the scam rolled was uh, this card supposedly had an activation fee, which was the dupe, right? We were duping people. And so we would put them on this secure line. (laughs) I did Uh air quotes there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For people who are listening, uh-huh. uh, secure a line uh, so that they may provide the means to actually pay this activation fee, which was using a card of their own. Uh-huh. And so once we had the activation fee, we were off to the bank laughing because there was no card uh, that we were signing them up for. So it ended up being like this huge thing. So, so legit, you're, what you're telling me is you're legit a criminal. Yes. At some point. So this was legit. Wow. Like I, <laughs> even me, I have never felt that far. <laughs> this is actually quite shocking. No, but this is, this is the thing is that like when we were going through this thing, uh, it was actually. Crime. <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> sure. Crime. Uh Great gig, by the way. Uh, I'll <laughs> yeah, get into the details. Clearly, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So we actually, and by the way, like I made, uh, you know, a few like good, really good friends when I was working there. Yeah, and gigs like that, you uh, always do. <laughs> you always do. Right? Yeah, you always do. <laughs> to the majority of us, we were working there not knowing that it was a scam. A scam. <laughs> we, we actually bought into the script and thought right. that this was legit. Right. Uh, and so we were selling it as a legit thing. Sure. Uh, and that's why the trust was there uh, to actually get this from people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, after a long time, one day we all show up to work and the place is locked. <laughs> And so we... I thought you were going to say, one day we show up to work and there's a SWAT team. <laughs> right, it's wrong. So that must have happened on the previous day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the management probably uh, got roped into that. Yeah, the next day after that, it was in the metro of this whole scam ring and an article that... Oh man, was it would have been so well. amazing if your face was actually... Your photo was on it. I would frame it for life. <laughs> And show it to my kids. See, see there, Uncle Umar? He used to be a criminal. <laughs> but because they had all of our details, we actually got um, uh, in uh, communication with um, uh, law enforcement mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. And so they were very understanding. We actually didn't know that we were part of a scam thing. And right. so they let us off the hook, which was good. But the management didn't get off so easy. Of course not. Uh, they actually did time. Uh, wow, so, it feels like it feels like maybe that is one of the very few times where management got what they deserved. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, more How old so, were you? This I want to say was in between semesters at State. Not that young. Yeah, yeah, but still, like that's still really young considering our age now. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and so kind of like the same thing, right? Like. Yeah. Uh, people on the other side more so being shitty rather than the management themselves and they all had they they had kind of like different uh but like but from the entire story you just told like no clearly the management were really shitty it's like because just think about for one second if you guys didn't get off the hook yeah yeah. right like then legit like you you know i've been joking this whole time but you would actually be considered like a criminal yeah right but uh you know because that could have happened just as easily because these kind of things happen a lot and unfortunately 
these uh, like people who don't know any better, their lives are ruined being part of something they didn't know. Yeah, and their reputations right? as well. But you and these bunch of people you worked with, you guys got lucky in this case. We did. Thank yeah. God for that. Yeah, I didn't take that. So that it. the management, I would say, were fucking shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Fuck. Yeah, they they were shitty people. But then in, in terms of like treatment, you know, and, treatment and all, sure. they played the part yeah. of a good. Um, no, but whatever they always is. do, man. Like, yeah. that's how Especially it in, in situations like this where it's a scam yeah. and you're wanting the best out of an employer. Yeah, so you're going to treat support. them like gold. You're going to give them all the training yeah, yeah. Uh, so that they get the script they need right. in order to convert. Right. So they're not right. actually doing any of this for you. They're doing it for themselves, really. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's a very oh, yeah. important Taking, thing for uh, people to actually understand in any job now in the past or going forward whatever job you may have recognize that immediately like if management is doing anything at all <laughs> who is it for really think about that no because you know yeah like in the past uh, few years now like there's a lot of things i started looking at uh, i stopped looking at it just on surface level but also looking at it a little bit deeper and yeah. to really understand what's going on here to peel back the curtains, if you yeah, like. exactly. So, but anyways, um, but yeah, the uh, the the gig itself was nice, where you kind of had these daily quotas or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and if you passed, uh, you know, four or five conversions yeah. or whatever it was, yeah. you got you actually got cash on top of uh, your wage yeah. or whatever or end commission. Yeah. Um, which was kind of interesting now, even as I <laughs> reflect back. Yeah. Everything being in cash. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of hilarious. A telltale sign. Isn't yeah, it? no, it's like kind of hilarious that, you know, that <laughs> like this is what, one topic you and I, we haven't really talked about much at all, really. Yeah. But there's so many similarities. You worked at a warehouse, I worked at a warehouse. You did the scam thing, and I worked at airports selling credit cards. The difference is ours wasn't a scam, but it was very similar. You're tricking people to sign up for these credit cards. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, then they have to pay the annual fee the moment yeah. they sign. But that is the one part like we were trained to always try to like kind of jump over that part and not talk about it as much. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we sign up people for these cards and they get charged this $120 annual <laughs> fee. Uh, but it's still a legit credit card. Like it was TD, uh, Gold or RBC Avion card, yeah. shit like that. Like it's they're legit, but you know nobody wants a credit card when, as soon as they find out this annual fee. Yeah, which is odd considering the fact now it's a very prevalent thing. But back then we always had to <laughs> like lie, weasel our way out of like, oh yeah, you won't even get charged or anything <laughs> until you activate the card and shit like that. So like there was a lot of lying going on at that time. So I didn't feel good about it. But whenever I got that paycheck, which was like I got paid hourly and commission on every card that I whatever yeah. my yeah, like, you know, I actually reeled in some fat paychecks yeah. in my time. <laughs> right. So not as fat as Mono. No, no, no. Like, no way. Like she every paycheck she got was like a fat paycheck yeah, yeah right yeah. but for the rest of us it's like every other month or some <laughs> shit like that it was That's, a good month <laughs> yeah it was a good month right like you know 
Um, so I guess both of our did our, uh, our bit as far as keeping the general public in perpetual debt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, one embarrassing story I will tell you. And it came off wrong, and I'm going to be very truthful about it. So me, Rifat, and Munir, this guy we used to work with, were all kind of like working together and stuff. We used to actually try to sign people up for a variety of credit cards. Uh, there was TD, there's RBC, and there was another uh, American Express, and there was another one which was just like USA, yeah. right? So the way that card worked is that you will only capitalize on those points is only if you actually spend money in the US, okay? So one day, it was the afternoon, I remember that, and we're just like, you know, we're just talking, right, as you do, and we're talking. And I remember I was like, you know, I can't believe that uh, people are stupid enough to sign up for this card. And I said specifically the, this card, and I was talking about the USA one, because most normal folks, they aren't going to actually get anything out of it, okay. really. Right? So I was talking about that. And out of nowhere, completely caught me off guard. This lady, just like, I'm so glad I heard you say that. Because not me, not anyone I know is ever going to be stopped by you people. And, mm-hmm. then, and then I was like, we all were just like, shit. And I'm like, no, no, ma'am. And she's like, too late. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And it was so <laughs> embarrassing because I didn't even get a chance to like justify myself no listen the other credit cards they they were like good cards i'm talking about this one but she thought i was talking about the entire ordeal yeah yeah, here like oh like i can't believe people are stupid enough to sign up for any one of these cards which is not true because they're my dad has the abion card right like uh i used to have the td gold card like you know but that was very embarrassing and we was like fuck, we need to stop talking out in the open like this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's go in the washroom. Yeah, yeah. I should have. No, because we used to literally, literally be in like a really high traffic zone, right? <laughs> and like, you know, we're just talking. Like, we're like, who's going to pay attention to us? Like, it's yeah. an airport. People are just like, you know, whatever. But then this one lady, I guess she was just sitting right, right there and yeah. she overheard us. So that was embarrassing. I'm yeah. like, oh, fuck. You probably uh, contributed to a butterfly effect and nobody probably buys <laughs> Yeah, yeah. exactly, anymore. exactly. So, um, um, yeah. But whatever, man, because shortly right after that, me and Reefa went off to Montreal anyways. Hey. So it didn't times. matter. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> so whatever. But, but that wasn't a bad job. Honestly, that was a pretty chill job. I wouldn't consider that a shitty job, really. Yeah. It was a good gig. That's the only thing, actually. Six to seven kind of like odd job gigs to get to where we are. There's also that one stint, uh, a very brief stint at uh, ANW. I forget when it was. It wasn't anything in particular, but it was just kind of like one event that that was really bad. Yeah. (laughs) And then I kind of like hightailed it out of there. Yeah. yeah. But it was... um, it was a peak hour, peak lunch hour, and it was situated in a mall. So, you know, a lot of foot traffic mm-hmm. at uh, peak time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so lunch times, you know, usually very busy. And so I'm off in one corner. I grab this huge pot 
of gravy to kind of like set it in one place. Um, but then I don't know how it kind of like slipped or whatever it was. And it went all over the floor. And, you know, there's a lot of workers back there and they're kind of like doing their thing and under pressure to kind of like... Oh, man, intense pressure. Yeah, intense. to kind of like cater to this huge line yeah, yeah. Uh, at lunchtime. Yeah. And so... Uh, as soon as that happened, uh, there was, I think it was a supervisor who uh, had a few words to say <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, you're putting it mildly. I recall you said he was, started screaming and shouting at you in front of everybody. Yeah, right? and so I didn't know what to <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, who knows what to do at that point? Jay? I seriously didn't know what to do. And so... Uh, I had very limited options. I thought, well, this guy's probably going to make me clean this up. <laughs> well, no shit. During an hour that's like, you know, there's it's extremely busy and I'm going to be in people's way and stuff like that. And so this is not going to go well for the rest of the day. Or I could just, you know, hightail it out of there, which is exactly what I did. And, you know, thinking back, that was a shitty move as well to kind of like leave them hanging. And so uh, here they are, a six to seven man team back there with a huge pot of gravy on the floor. <laughs> yeah, but okay, you know, I like you know, you you actually uh, really cleaned up the story here. But I will say this: like, I don't think you did anything bad. I wish I had the balls to do that. No, because you <laughs> to just fly. walk off. No, no, because if somebody start starts screaming and yelling at me in a food court, fuck this. It, yeah. It's it's literally a fast food job. Yeah, fuck yeah, this. Yeah. I wish I had the balls to do that. <laughs> but although I've never been in that situation, I did work for Harvey's. Funny thing about that is uh, my, on my interview day there, I was really young. When I went in for the interview, Manal is the one who recommended like, you know, oh, cool. me and Aziz uh, because she already had the job. So then I remember the first thing the guy said to me, I don't remember his name. I don't really care. Uh, he's like, you know what? I don't want it to be one of those situations. I hired all three of you. And then all three of you leave me on the same day. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that will never happen. This and that. He's super nice. And I actually thought he was a nice guy and everything. Day one. It was nothing big. It was so subtle. But I was so pissed. Uh, we're all there just like you. Seven people like sweating and just like fucking like trying to like navigate through very tight like, yeah, you know, quarters. Uh, quarters, like this and that. And I remember I was holding uh, salad, <laughs> a lot of lettuce and stuff like that. And then uh, the supervisor, he's standing like, you know, by the drive through area. He's like, can you come here for a second? I'm like, yeah, just one second, because I was holding it and I needed to put it down. Right. So then I walk a few steps, le legit three steps. And then he actually screamed at me. He's like, when I tell you to come here, you fucking come here. And I'm like, I am moving towards your direction, motherfucker. Right. And then I didn't say anything because at that time, I, it was my first day. Right. Yeah. And I just put it down. I still like just put it down. And I went to him and I was quiet the whole time. He kept on talking. I, I was quiet. And then. Later on, he's like, are you upset that I yelled at you? And then I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know what I did. And he's like, well, get used to it. Dang. Like, you know, you need to move fast. I'm like, I didn't know what to say. And I wish from your story, which I came to know 
many years later, I wish I had the balls to just be like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you and walk out. I wish I had done that. However, I still got my, uh, he still got his just desserts because Mana, me, and Aziz, we all quit on the same day. Oh, hey. <laughs> and, and his worst nightmare came true the, uh, when he hired us. Remember, he was like, oh, I don't want you all this to quit. But we all quit. You know why? Because my, our family got the gas station. Right. So we all quit in the mm-hmm. same day. Jeez. And that felt good. I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. But yeah, man. So it's like one of the things that uh, like, you know, I do want to point out here is that with every shitty job, one consistent thing here is the people, especially the people you're working for, how shitty they are. At least that's been the case for me and the dozens and dozens of people that I have known. Like we all have done shitty jobs. Uh, whether because we didn't, we were young, we didn't care what job it was. We just needed money mm-hmm. and we just took on whatever gig came our way. But, and we just ended up working with shitty people. Hence it was a shitty experience. But what I'm trying to say is that shitty jobs and shitty bosses, <laughs> they are peanut butter and jelly. It goes hand in hand. It's always going to happen. Always going to happen. Like uh, the Walmart gig, me and Rifa got into same thing, right? Like uh, true story, actually. Um, th- this one was a bit of a big one because I didn't expect it to unfold the way it did. And it, it didn't even happen to me. So uh, what happened was, so uh, it was a construction job. We're basically putting together the store basically renovating the store so our supervisor not going to mention her name but she was not the nicest person and she would like yell at us this and that and whatever and one day apparently she started screaming and shouting at a bunch of my co-workers in the middle of the store and people are still coming in by the way so then we're always working around all of this and apparently not one, but bunch of shoppers actually complained to the manager about some lady screaming and shouting at us. I was chosen as one of the people that the manager wanted to talk to. And then they take us in and it was very weird. They take us in, we're sitting there and I'm just like, oh man, I did nothing. I was like literally at the like an arts and crafts section putting together shelves all day. I did nothing. I thought I was in trouble. But it was a bunch of us. And then, you know, he asked us like, oh, like, you know, there's all been all these complaints. And we want you to be completely honest with her, us. Like, you know, how is she? Does she treat you well? This oh. and that. That was one of the very rare moments in my life where I'm like, wow, like these people are actually asking us uh, like an inquiring properly, right? Because normally, if anybody complains about supervisors and whatever, management doesn't give a fuck. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. Like, you know, the employees probably suck. So then we all told them, like, yeah, you know, like she's generally okay, but a lot of the time she's really rude. She yells at us for unreasonable crap. And then they're like, well, we're very surprised to hear that because she's been with Walmart for so long. We didn't realize that she was treating, uh, like, you know, uh, our workers like this. Uh, And, yeah, that was a very weird experience because it just felt like justice is served. And so they took a disciplinary action. Yeah, action. And I'm like, I'm not used to this because this rarely, this actually never happens. Oh, man. Right? But then I will tell you, 
as a side note, a little story, and it made me feel bad. But so <laughs> she once again was yelling at people, and then she yelled at me, and I had nothing to do with it. And I wasn't such a pushover not, like back then as I'm now. And I told her like, "What's your problem?" I've been busting my ass all day, like this entire section. I did this by myself. Why are you yelling at me? We actually went to the side and it wasn't just me. It was another guy named Corey, if uh, I'm getting it right. And then she's like, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. But you guys got to admit that you guys, you guys are always just like taking your time with stuff. And then she literally just asked me, okay, am I wrong when I say that you guys like, you know, just... Uh, well, like, you guys just fool around too much. Like, I literally saw you, Refat, and Corey the other day. You guys are just, like, standing by the t- tissue section talking for 15 minutes. I didn't say anything because I'm, I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I, I felt so ashamed. I'm like, okay, no, you're right. right? <laughs> and I felt bad. I'm like, okay, I get it. Like, we did slack off, right, once in a while. But I told her, like, but you know what, though? You just got to talk to us, right? Like it's long days, it's construction job. We do take breaks sometimes that, you know, maybe we shouldn't. But all you have to do is talk to us, not yell at us in front of all these shoppers. <laughs> and you're like, okay, fair enough. And I'll be honest, after that, I felt bad. I'm like, okay, you know, she does have a point, <laughs> kind of, but I just wish that she didn't yell and scream. And that's what I say even among my friends, right? Yeah. I talk, talk to you about that all the time. If you have something to say, actually talk. Yeah. yeah. Don't yell and scream. Yeah. Because the moment you raise your voice, I'm not interested. I'm not, I don't care if it's my dad or if it's like my friends. That's how I am. One of the shittiest jobs that I've had in my entire life is uh, the one I just currently finished. So... I got a new job, a normal job now. It's been a few days. Well, literally, I uh, my last day was the day before yesterday. So it gave me a lot of time to actually kind of think about it. And I'm like, I mean, I've had a lot of shitty jobs and everything. And one thing I know for a fact that it's the people like, you know, who are so shitty that uh, make these jobs shitty. When, when I was younger, I just did it just because or whatever. But sometimes in life, circumstances you know they aren't uh what uh they aren't like you know what you hope for it to be or whatever and sometimes you just have to do shitty jobs because you're desperate there comes a point in life where that needs to end yeah right like you know where we just stop doing shitty jobs and actually do jobs to sustain a living and actually just have better lives because work is uh, a place after a certain point in your life that is the one thing you're doing which accumulates the most time out of any other area in your life more than any other area in your life we all want to make sure that whatever job that we have now they are a good one where it isn't killing you inside mentally physically what have you the thing i've been thinking about a lot is the people that i've worked with and uh why they are that way yeah and why do they like it's like they get a rise out of just making uh other people's lives miserable (laughs) right i almost feel like that's like kind of like the requirement to be in the supervisor or a manager position 
is to be a like complete fucking asshole. And the shittiest, yeah, and the current job, like the job that I just got out of, it was the worst experience I've had in my entire life. And the only thing I can think about whenever I think about that job is that it's been the people. Yeah. It's been the people. And these people are so twisted. Yeah, I right? think um, how they're getting there might be semi-circumstantial as well to the extent that they were looking for something at a certain point in their life something fell into their lap they were making ends meet they had a good run they went up the ladder so to speak to become supervisors and or managers it was cushy it's still not the best but they have to do it day in day out And what they also might be experiencing is high turnover because in some of these positions, some of these people that these guys are supervising or managing, Mm -hmm. they are students. And so having to train them, having to put up with their bullshit of being immature, all of that kind of factors in. Yeah, well, that's like the like, you know, that's that's a very specific kind of scenario. However, in my last job, it wasn't like that. That high turnover rate was, well, there wasn't actually a high turnover rate, but let's just, for for the sake of the argument, let's say there was. It wouldn't be because these people were students or whatever, but because they're so fed up with putting up with like uh, the bullshit day in and day out. Like, you know, they know for a fact that anything else they do with their lives will be far better than this piece of shit dead end job. Because, okay, be it uh, many of the fast food uh, places that we worked at when we were younger or like warehouses or security jobs or whatever. Let's be real. They're all dead end jobs. You can work there for 10 fucking years and you're still not going to get anywhere. Like my supervisor, he actually worked for like 15 years, 15 years. The way he always talked like that, oh, like, you know, this is as good as it gets. And then apparently he used to be accountant before this and that, whatever. But then like, you know, uh, he started uh, as a security guard and then he became the supervisor like 10 years later. He used to say 10 years as if it's not uh, as if it's nothing. It's a fucking decade, dude. right like you were a different person altogether like mentally physically when you started and you're here now you wasted so much of your life at a dead-end job where it's not going anywhere and he he always enforced that on all the rest of us but he had a very low opinion of everybody who worked under him and this can actually uh, be said for probably many of the managers and supervisors out there that have a very low opinion of people who work under them. I've seen it not just in my last job, but in other jobs as well, going way back when. As you mentioned, oh, they, they probably went through a lot to actually get to their positions. But the way I look at it, well, boohoo. Okay, the, the way it should work is that because you have put up with so much bullshit and now finally are, you're at a uh, manager level or whatever, like you should use the years of experience you had to make sure that your workers don't go through all of that. Be a better example for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody's like that. Honestly, I'm not even going to talk about myself anymore. Like our friends, 
they share stories that are all about this kind of thing. They are like a shitty asshole manager or a shitty asshole supervisor who have no people skill, no leadership skills, yet they are in that position. None of the management position, they didn't get there because of their hard work. Yeah. They got there because they're shoving their noses up like management position people's asses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every day. That's kind of what I was kind of saying about the promotion thing earlier when I took a little job. Promotions these days, majority of the times, isn't because of your capabilities. Yeah. It, it is all dependent on how much you're kissing up. That's what it's really about. Because that's all I've been seeing in my last job for the last four, four years. I think uh, a lot of these, even supervisory and or managerial positions, you got to wonder, because in this day and age especially, it is about who you know. And so that might be a factor as well in terms of like friends in a network doing what they can for one another to get someone to that spot sure. and not necessarily considering their leadership skills, not necessarily considering their people skills yeah. and right. Just throwing them in those uh, positions, so to speak. Right. I think there's so many th things wrong with that. I don't even know where to begin yeah. because it's like, okay, we go to school, we spend a good portion of our life uh, getting the education we need for certain positions. But all that means jack shit. Yeah, right. And then at the end, it just comes down to, well, uh, you know, do you know somebody? Because this actually happened to me. So when I lost my job back in 2015 at university. So after a few months, there was a position available, which I was the perfect candidate for. Like you couldn't even argue with even if you tried. I just had this gut feeling and I knew what the outcome was going to be. But I went to this interview regardless, okay? I'm not gonna say it was the best interview ever, but it was decent. And then I come back home and I knew I didn't get it. Uh, about four or five days later, one of my previous coworkers from university messages me. He's like, oh, uh, somebody else got the job. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And he's like, do you wanna know who it was? I'm like, why should that matter? He's like, no, I think you should know. He's like, you know the guy who interviewed you? Yeah, it's his son-in-law. Jesus. Got it. Basically, the way it works now is that they have to actually interview other yeah. people. Before they... For HR yeah. purpose, purposes. Just to so, have it on the books. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah. But it was probably already decided that the other dude was going to get the job. Yeah. And that actually pissed me off. I knew I wasn't going to get the job. Yeah. Because I just, I don't know, I just felt this vibe, right? Because no matter what, the, when the guy was interviewing me, he seemed so aloof, yeah, so disconnected. And I felt that I'm like, it almost feels like he's just like, you know, counting the clock since the moment I walked in. He just wants this over with, yeah, right? Yeah. I got that feeling, so I knew. But that really pissed me off. I'm like, why the fuck did you waste my time then? But that actually happened to me. And I was like, wow, uh, that left such a bad taste in my mouth. From that point forward, I never applied to another, which there were many, but I never applied to any university opportunities that came up just because of my ego. Like yeah. I spent, I spent four years there. I worked there for four years and you know, it was, a, it was, it was actually, a, I, I had a great time there. 
like, yeah, I had just like every other job, shitty people makes it bad. But overall, it was a good experience. And I would have loved to go back in a position that I could do really well in, actually. But after that happened, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck you guys. Honestly, I'm not about any of that. Like, you know, a lot of people have said this to me this year alone, that I'm too much of an idealist. I'm like, yeah, you know, stop making it sound like being uh, like, you know, having ideals is a bad thing. Right. That just tells me that your moral compass and your ideals are so weak (laughs) that you try to make it sound like a bad thing when somebody else wants to live by ideals. But having ideals is not a bad thing. Right? We all should be aspiring to the better ideals. Just because the world is a shitty place we live in doesn't mean, oh yeah, let's just accept it, la-di-da. Fuck it, yeah, I'm just going to go to my 12-hour shift like it's normal, right? Like I'm not going to see my family for like, you know, weeks on end because I have a shitty job to go to where I'm just getting kicked left and right, getting treated like trash. Like, (laughs) honestly, like, you know, with a lot of these dead-end jobs, my biggest issue with these dead-end jobs is that you, and I'm not just saying this, but figuratively and literally, you don't even (laughs) get treated like a human being most of the times. I don't know. I don't know why we spend so much of our time in school and getting education, this and that, when at the end, it all just comes down to who do you know? Yeah. Are you pretty enough? Are you good looking enough? Because that's another thing. <laughs> You've got to admit that it's a huge thing. Then there's racism involved, which unfortunately a lot of us have dealt with. Maybe not personally you, but there's so many other factors that determines whether you get a good job or not. Oh, for sure. And all these things are the things that shouldn't be a factor. It should be based on your merits. And that is, it feels like a lot of the times that that is the last thing anybody looks at your merits. Oh, are you good looking enough? Oh shit. You're Brown. You're Muslim. Oh, you have crooked teeth or your hairline is receding too much. Oh, like, you know, you have pimples. I'm not just listing these things out of nowhere. These are all reasons that I haven't faced in myself, all of them, but other people have. And it's it's heartbreaking every single time because I'm like, man, you're the smartest girl I know. How can you not get this job? There's nobody better for this job but her. But she didn't get it for some dumb reason. Probably her name, actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it happens because she's a woman. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, so that's how people end up at shitty jobs. Yeah. Right? Because of all these factors that shouldn't be a thing. Well, I right? certainly have to so, play the part, so to speak, um, whether in the agency or corporate world is to, because I mean, let's be honest, like all of us in the group, I'm talking about our group of friends, is. Um, we consider minorities uh, in the workplace. So what I've had to do is play the part culturally in order for me to belong, just so that from that perspective, I'm not, they they don't consider me as an outsider. So I've had to up my game from that perspective to be able to be up on that, just so that I don't get treated uh, in a different way yeah. or at the outset they consider me one of their own right? right but that's getting into a little bit of a you know how you belong to yeah. a, a group and, of people and, and sadly for like you know uh, people like us like minorities 
We all have to do that. Yeah. And even then, it's not enough sometimes. Because yeah. automatically, and honestly, like this is one of the things that changed about me recently because I, I was not one of those people who used to think that, oh, my color has anything to do with it or whatever. Honestly, like I, I mean that I actually used to argue with my coworker back at work i'm like oh like you know because he always used to victimize himself like because he's a black person this and that and i told him like dude like honestly that uh, to me it just sounds like you're making excuses yeah or like you know where you are in life this and that but honestly you learn over time i learned over time that no like he had many uh, big points like one of the things uh honestly it's a very short story but automatically you are looked at as an inferior because of your color or because of how you carry yourself or yeah. even or for example okay i'm going to just say it out loud here so i i worked at security which people know from the podcast uh, uh previous podcast and now i'm out thank god for that and never again because i was a security guard i knew everybody thought i was dumb as dirt and this is where I'm going to actually be a dick. The truth is, I'm more educated and smarter than most of the people in the management. True story, there was this fucking thing, uh, one day, uh, training of some sort, and we all had to be there. People from operations, maintenance, security, and whatnot. And we're all just sitting, like, you know, in a lecture theater kind of setting or whatever. And then, like, you know, it's the lame bullshit all the time. Oh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So we all had to introduce each other and whatnot, right? And the lady up there, you know, being all, like, you know, above you type of thing, attitude. Like, you know, it was there. I felt it right away. And then it's my turn. And you're like, oh, tell us a bit about your hobbies, this and that. I'm like, well, like, you know, I love learning and I love reading, both of which you and all my friends know. Like, you know, I read, I read quite a bit. And she's like, oh, yeah, what are you reading? And I'm like, oh, currently I'm reading The Once and a Future King. And honestly, you should have seen the look on her face. She was like, it's it's like her earth shattered. Yeah. Right? And, because, and she's like, oh, oh ah, what is that? Never heard of it. And I'm like, it's about King Arthur. And like, you know, the quest for Holy Grail. And it touches up on like, you know, a lot of British history and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, and, and the O she gave me? I'm not kidding. I was so pissed off. You have no idea. Because I knew it was so obvious to me. She thought that I was dumb as dirt. A security guard. No one expects a security guard to know anything besides, yes, hello. Right? Like, you know, I can't, <laughs> exactly do, a brown, that yeah, I can't do a brown accent properly, which is ironic considering the fact that I'm brown. But, you know. Uh, anyways so like you know and that was such a turn off for me i'm like you know it's not just this fucking bitch but all of them anytime like you know uh our property manager she used to come by and like oh hi this and that like you know and i mentioned to her like yeah you know at that time we're doing our photography gig and all of that wedding photography and i'm like oh yeah like this weekend i'm really busy i'm doing that and she was like oh Right. Like, I didn't know you do, do that. And honestly, that, that was one of the first few moments. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot about me. You guys don't know. I came off ruder than I intended it to be. But I honestly don't give a fuck because that's how it always was. You know what I mean? They always acted so shocked. Like to them, it's like 
they would be shocked to know I am capable of wiping my own ass. And it was so condescending constantly. So I'm like, so the point of all of those allegories or whatever you want to call them is the fact that a lot of people, right, who end up in shitty jobs due to no fault of their own, they probably are being broken down like mentally like emotionally like i have it was so hard and it's not always like i didn't come home every day like and shared my stories with people in fact i've told you this before where like a lot of the time there's so many stories from the last four years of my life that i don't even share at all because you know it hurts so much so hey save them for the podcast yeah and any time that i would hang out with you guys this and that and there's so many moments like people would be like oh like you know why are you so tired why are you so cranky this and that and i'm like i could tell you but then it would be just one of those moments like any other moment where you'd be like oh side just loves bitching about anything and everything like you know my last day was fucking like yeah and honestly i couldn't be happier right now that i've moved on i have a normal nine to five job now i can actually take care of myself now that's a luxury honestly so many people take that for granted but i will tell you on this podcast for all the people with their normal nine to five job which i'm sure that you probably still hate a lot of people probably hate hate certain aspects trust me it's a luxury. It's yeah. a luxury compared to what you could be doing with your life right now. Yeah, 12-hour days. <laughs> like, no, uh, yeah, 12-hour days. Like, there's so much. On right? your feet. No respect labor. on your feet. Like, you don't even eat properly. You don't sleep properly. Yeah. You're like, so many things. But it's a luxury. And all that is thanks to the design, especially here in the North American continent. The way like shitty jobs are designed, right? Like, and I firmly am starting to believe, and there is evidence of it, which I've looked into, like it is actually designed to make you miserable and And keep you where you are. That's what I was going to say is to keep you where you are. Keep you exactly where you are. And like, you know, one of the greatest documentaries to just lightly touch up uh, upon this topic which I recommend to everybody is watch the corporation. Yes. That's a, that's a great eye opener as to what I'm talking about right yeah. now. These dead end jobs, right? They don't exist just because, Oh, somebody's got to do it. Yeah. That's part of it. But yeah. that is a very small part of it. It yeah. is there and it is, has been designed cleverly by a capitalist society to keep minorities and all kinds of people where they are, locked in immigrants and stuff like that. Most immigrants, any immigrant, security guards especially I've talked to, they're fucking engineers and doctors and they have PhDs, this and that. And when they come over here, what are they? Nobody's. And my fucking fat ass supervisor, he used to talk to doctors and engineers like they are dirt. The way they spoke to them, honest to God, dude, if anybody spoke to my dad like that, I would literally, my fists would be covered in red. <laughs> no joke. I'm not just saying that. It would be. Yeah. But, like, but he did. He got away with it. He, he used to be so racist. Everybody just kept their mouth shut and just took it. 
Why? Because everybody's desperate. A lot of these uh, immigrants who come over here, they, they're already in their 50s. They don't have the time to go back to school, get a degree of some kind, and then like look for better jobs. Even that wouldn't work because most 50 to 60 year old, olds, nobody's going to hire them anyway. Yeah, and I think like situationally, they're stuck in a perpetual route right where it's like you get here you have a family you need to provide for your family and you don't go to school for that no you work a job yeah you work a job and you work a job that you can get um just like that yeah and you're in there for good because your kids are depending on you and you got to put them through school yeah all that jazz. and i will say this much like for a person like me i will say this till the day i die Education is extremely important. It is the most valuable asset any human being can ever gain in life. However, in the last little while, I feel like it is the one of the least valued things in the world today. Yet, it is the one thing that is promoted like no tomorrow, right? Like you need masters now to be yeah. cons- even considered for a position, <laughs> this and that. And I think to myself, I'm like, I would have loved to get my master's. I still can. But why bother when I know the, the way it's going to pan out like it does a lot of the times? I'm going to get that master's and then ultimately it's going to come down to other factors. Yeah, like who you know. <laughs> who I know. Exactly. Exactly, dude. Like, it's like you know, we're making a joke out of it, but it's, but it's not even funny. <laughs> Right, because because Aziz, he has been pushing me. Well, he's not pushing me, but he brought it up. Many times, like, oh, you should do your master's. And here's the thing: I never said to him, like, I would love to go and do my master's. Like, just get in there again, you know? Because yeah. honestly, as cheesy and as cliched as it is to say, and I know my kids are gonna roll their eyes at me when I say this. When you're in school, it is some of the best time of your life. And honestly, it was. Looking back at it, I'm like, man, that was fun. Like, yeah, like, sure, I, I lost, like, fucking 80 pounds, yeah. right? Like, sure, I didn't sleep for three days straight. You came out that. there with debt? Yeah, oh, yeah, God. I came out there <laughs> debt, but but still, like, you know what, man? I would go back in a heartbeat compared to, like, the mundane like you know the work life that every one of us after a certain point in our lives you know we're just doing the same thing every day i would love to go for my master's it would feel great it would be a good confidence booster for me too i feel it would be yeah but i just feel like i see no value in it though like in in real world application i don't see value in it because i know like if i like you know i still want to get a graphic designer job and i know the best way to actually do that is not through masters, but sucking your dick every day. <laughs> and boy, would you get there quick. No, that's uh, the hope. That's the hope, right? Not to make this an education podcast. But I wanted to talk about it because it is still a very important sure, part yeah. of why people end up at shitty jobs. And like, you know, even if people end up at good jobs, a lot of the times people still hate their good jobs. Like our friends, they have good jobs. They're like, some of them have great jobs, but they still aren't happy there. Yeah. They're Again, happy because of people. Yeah. Because of people. And you know, just going back to the management thing, yeah. uh, I do think generally um, because like 
I've looked into a lot about this uh, is that middle management is one of the toughest areas within an organization or what have you um, because uh, of exactly that you're caught in the middle there's certain nuances to that effect um, which I don't want to get into now but what I will say is that I I am convinced is that you know a good leader doesn't look at someone who's up and coming or performing really well uh, just because they're shitty and recognize them for that they recognize them on their merit to be like hey this person can be a people leader or what have you let's give them a chance right and i think majority of what's happening is kissing ass like you mentioned and also who you know yeah so it's essentially like okay making a contact and interviewing for a position and getting it because you know so and so exactly right that's how bad leaders and bad management exists in these organizations not because they're good leaders if they were good leaders and yes good leaders exist but the argument for that is because a leader recognized that they had the skill sets to become or like to to transition into that role and do it justice that's how good leaders are exactly. you know promoted but, or champion but in unfortunately in and across the board i'm talking across the board uh like you know i feel like good leaders are actually quite rare they are right they're like like you would need like a master ball if they were a Pokemon, you would need a master ball to catch them. Yeah. Whereas shitty leaders and shitty management position and shitty corporations in general, they are the most prevalent thing in the world currently. Yeah. And and I don't have the answer how to change that. That really depends on good a good leader, a good CEO to actually change things around. Yeah. Right? But that I don't see happening like in my lifetime or like in the next five, six generations, really. And honestly, but, it's it's not even credentials as well. Like yeah. you would think that like, okay, this person is like super educated. Like in this day and age, I wouldn't recommend to someone, hey, get your master's or PhD. You'd be fucking wasting your time. time exactly. And to what is prevalent now in industries is good communication and learn by doing. Yeah, yeah. But as long as you're in there and you're doing it, you're fucking halfway there yeah, to be and, honest with you. Yeah, honestly. And, and no, like, again, like I mentioned earlier, like, you know, I'm not trying to undermine education because it, in the world we live in, it isn't all cut out to be. It's like, and, and there's actually documentaries and a lot of people who talk about this is like almost like what uh, the world is doing is that they put emphasis on education and you go in and you get education for years and years and years. And what you're really doing is you're accumulating immense amount of debt. Uh, so by the time you graduate with your master's, PhD, 50 bachelor degrees or what have you, what you really have in your hands is, yeah, a lot of like, you know, education. But what you really have that truly matters to the world is debt money yeah yeah. that's what you have and then you're looking out for a great job right now the way it's working out is like you get a kick-ass job at a law firm and you're making like six figures you're actually spending majority of that money you're making actually fucking paying off your debts yeah yeah definitely not only that actually (laughs) that's what you're doing not only that uh you know you come out of school with debt but by simply enrolling in the institution itself, you're validating the system. Uh, yeah. And no. and all of that. But yeah. But you know we'll get into that. Yeah, some other podcast. But like, you know, I felt like it was still an important point to bring us to like, you know, the current situation 
of our everyday work. Like every one of us, Joe Schmoes, who go into work every day, the environment there, we didn't end up in that environment just because we don't have the credentials or we didn't have whatever. It's just because the structure is such, yeah. it doesn't matter what you have under your belt. Everything else matters except your merit. I might be a little bit biased, which I want to talk about because of the fact that what's led me to this point. Yeah. Um, so, you know, working shitty jobs, but then the silver lining there was that uh, I did come out of um, SAIT and eventually UFC uh, debt-free because of those shitty jobs initially and then, you know, kind of like working in the industry. Well, yeah, that's because you're smart. A lot of us are dumbasses. The money we made from those shitty jobs, we just blew it off and <laughs> dumb shit. Like, but I mean, like, think of where you were. Think, think. I guess, think of where you would have been if those shitty jobs were not there. I would still be it. here. <laughs> no, honestly, I'm not even making a you, joke you, here. You would be in a worse spot. Is what I'm trying to say. Is that sure. you're in a worse spot, but yeah. then you could have been in the UN. Yeah, worse sure. spot. Right? Yeah, That's sure. what I'm trying to get at. Sure. But then I guess just getting to this point is just realizing that what you have to do initially to kind of get the experience yeah that's one thing but then again just going through the education to do what you need to do to be able to go into a field that you really want right now there is luck that plays into this where it's kind of like you know you find your passion and you're able to find an educational route to legitimize it and then you ultimately step in the industry and you begin working and you don't really feel like it's work. That's a very lucky sort of. Yeah, that's a luxury. It's a luxury. And not many people uh, are fall into that category. For me, I would say that I was hella lucky in the way that I kind of stumbled across something I liked, uh, legitimized it through education and then started working, which is where that bias kind of stems from, is that in my industry, you're likely able to get far simply by doing rather than pursuing higher education. This industry really plays to that. And I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of industries out there that you could simply get by with a bachelor's, right? I wouldn't think that you need to pursue your master's, but to each their own. Yeah, yeah. No, there's lots. There's lots like it, but... I want to push the wrong buttons here, but a lot of people like won't like hearing that, like uh, just because, you know, they want to validate their own, uh, like, you know, reasons for yeah. pursuing this master's or whatever. Or what it really comes down to, again, back to the same word again, is the mer merits, right? You gain experience throughout, and if you do it enough, you're going to only become better and better and better. And eventually, you should be in theory, should be able to actually land a really high position, right? Because you've been in the industry for a while, you've been doing it for a while. But now, like Aziz was telling me like about a year or two years ago, it's like, oh, like now, right? Like, you know, everybody's looking for a master's degree, everybody. And I didn't say anything, but in my head, I'm like, why? I think he would why be surprised though? actually in the industry, but... Uh to, to each their own again like if you feel a little bit more secure yeah, yeah no and there's nothing wrong with that yeah. that's not what i'm saying at all like oh, yeah, no i get it like to each their own but it's like well i mean okay so let me give you one quick example of what like where my comment was stemming from but there's this one guy uh at uh, acad 
right? So this was before I made it into visual communications and I, I was in the same class as him, but he was a year uh, senior of me, yeah. right? And honest to God, man, that guy, he's not really particularly talented. Uh, he's good, he's good, but he's not somebody which I would be ranting, like I would be raving about or whatever. He was okay. Then there were a bunch of people that, well, after I made it into visual communication, there were a bunch of people so talented, it's criminal. That one guy, my senior, uh, I forget his name, but he was an Asian person. So I'm going to call him the Asian guy. So he, uh, he went to LA, right? And then he came to ACAD when we were, grad my class was graduating and he gave us a talk. And then he was telling us like, you know, he went to big studios, uh, gaming studios, like Naughty Dog and this and that. And he found some opportunities, this and that. Again, he's not particularly all that talented. However, then these super fucking talented people in my class that I spent four years with, they're just doing like regular, one of them is actually doing an instructor job at ACAD right now. And one of them is working in an anim animation studio here in Calgary, yeah. right? So I'm like, okay, so all of us, we've had the same amount of education, but some of us are clearly less talented than others. Yet here's one guy, who actually is working all of our, our dreams, right? Working <laughs> with big gaming companies. And, and there are some people way more talented than this guy can even dream to be. They're just doing regular jobs, right? They're good jobs, but they're doing regular jobs. So to me, it's like, well, so are you trying to tell me now, let's say all of us, we go do masters and stuff like that. Are you telling me that these gaming companies are going to all hire us now? It has nothing to do with that. Yeah, this yeah. guy just happened to be at the right place at the right time, sucked the right dick, and that night probably <laughs> coughed out the right hairball. And, and that's the way it is. Your masters, your whatever, has nothing to do with that. And that's kind of my point. It's like, yeah, it, it's good that it, it's going to give you an edge for sure, I'm sure. It still might not be enough to get you that, at that place that you want it to be in. This was the point that I was going to make is that even let's say in certain organizations where you feel as though having a master's would play into your benefit, let's say an opportunity comes up, they're going to give a preference to internal applicants anyway. Yeah, yeah. So always, it's like, always. even if you don't have that, at least what you have is the work experience. At least what you have is a good cultural fit because you're fucking in the organization, yeah, organization already. Right. And, you know, hopefully you played your fucking cards right to be able to be a, a good cultural fit that you'll be considered. Right. I think both of us have been in situations recently where we've had to do a little bit of job searching. And we've I, I certainly have come across uh, listings where, you know, as you're reading the job description, it feels as though you're reading a bit of an essay. Uh, and so within that essay, they're asking the world of you. <laughs> yeah, uh, no and, kidding. Uh, you know, hopefully they get who they're looking for. But honestly, like for me... But most times a person like that doesn't even exist on this planet currently. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And if they do, they, they might be lying in their resume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to play the part. But I think for me... You know, one of the things or one of the platforms where I feel as though it has a bit of an edge as far as the job search is concerned is LinkedIn. LinkedIn has, you know, when organizations put out the call 
for certain roles, um, you know, it ends up being the same thing is the description ends up being too long and the requirements end up being too long. But, you know, in addition to the requirements that are a little bit daunting, you're able to see the number of applicants who have applied to the role, which I don't think any other platform offers. I don't think I've seen it on Indeed uh, or whatever. It oh, is. no, Indeed does now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so there you not, go. Not all of them, yeah. certain ones. And I don't know what the difference is, but. Okay. I have applied to like actually it's still saved probably over <laughs> over three hundred something. Okay, so and that's uh, that's one of the things so, where it's like that's a little bit daunting too when yeah. you see that there's it's like, like a double edged sword in my opinion. It's like in one way it's like so disheartening. It's like yeah. okay, there's like two thousand applicants. Like what? What the fuck? And on the <laughs> other side, it's like it's good to know that oh yeah there's no way i'm ever going to hear from them so let's focus somewhere else right i'm just another um (laughs) yeah i'm just another guy right like whose resume is going to get filtered out (laughs) right because no one's sitting there we we know this i've hired people myself before and i know this for a fact nobody sits there and reads like uh hundreds of resumes Right? Yeah. It goes through a process and whatnot. And then And you know what? Like to be very honest, I've been in those situations uh and organizations where a role opens up internally and we have to put out the call and we have to advertise it on certain platforms. Mm-hmm. And mostly we have existing templates, by the way, that we reuse right so these are job descriptions and requirements that we literally just copy and paste and put onto these platforms which actually really goes to show you the requirements that are listed you know these hiring managers or what have you even they don't necessarily know what the role actually requires um, a certain person oh you don't say to do right so it's like only your uh, or your manager can know that right mm-hmm. hr is a little bit oblivious to that mm-hmm. uh, where well, it's only if you're hiring for hr do you actually know okay. but outside of that in certain departments they don't have an idea they just you know take a job description or whatever it is mm-hmm. of requirements it's a copy and paste effort and that's that's what candidates end up seeing on these platforms. Yeah, and right? uh, what happens there because of what you just mentioned is that now it is a standard actually in any job industry to actually fake your resume. What I mean by that, just just do a quick Google search right now about uh, like you know type in something like uh, how to have a good resume. Yeah. And you'll see, you'll get so many guidelines how to do that. And if you actually read all of it carefully, you'll see it's telling you to cheat. Because yeah. these jobs, right, this copy and paste and like... The endless people, requirements. Yeah, endless requirements. Like literally asking you to be like Jesus himself. Yeah. Right? Uh, so when you actually do a search to see how a resume should look like in this day and age in the world we live in, it's like, oh, basically, uh, you're making a fake one. I, I don't get that. I'm like, well, wouldn't it be better if you guys had more of a realistic job posting? Yeah. And then there is actually human being who actually has those yeah. Uh, like, you know, qualifications. No kidding. And, right? then, you know, it doesn't have to fake their way through. Yeah, that. exactly. That's one part of it. And then uh, during my job searches, uh, there have been many where it's like, it's obvious that they're rolling like three 
like the maximum that I personally have found is that four different roles yeah. packed into one and then you're getting paid $27 an hour but in reality you should be making up to $80 or more yeah, right because you're doing four uh, requirements and then their uh, job posting they intimidate you too right like there's so many job posting it's like well you should like a perfect like honestly it actually is says a perfect immaculate portfolio yeah right like and i couldn't believe i re- actually read those words i'm like i'll be honest i have been doing this all my life and i don't know what a perfect immaculate portfolio yeah those are broad even yeah. looks like <laughs> Basically, so, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, okay. So I'm like, all right. So I don't know what you're asking for. Yeah. So I'm just going to put together some bullshit real quickly. And hopefully, hopefully, it's like I win the lottery. Because yeah. essentially, that's what applying for jobs feels like now. It's like you go out to a gas station and buy a lottery ticket, <laughs> right? With randomized numbers. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it will be a woohoo. <laughs> or maybe you'll be like sorry not a winner and that's right? the, that's the thing is like now more so than ever that's sadly one more reason to buy into this whole networking game of just like knowing the right people so that if a job opportunity comes across your way and they're asking the world of you then at least if you know a person in the organization that you sort of get around those requirements. Right. Something that just popped into my head. Like what if after all of that, right? Like you network like endless hours, you meet the right people, let's say, right? Yeah. yeah. In the perfect world and everything. And then finally you do get the job. And then it turns out it's a really shitty gig. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know what then? It's like, Oh, you know, like because that does happen. Like I know a few people who have told me stories, and I'm like, "Oh wow, that sucks." Or right. dude, like even you've alluded to this, where it's yeah, like yeah. you know, and you know, in, in a recent conversation with Sana as well, yeah, is yeah. that you know, you stepping because you're in a in a, in a situation where you're just transitioning, right? Yeah. And you've admitted this is that you know I might actually be stepping into something that's worse. Yeah. Who knows, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to to Sana's point, where we were trying to dissuade her to just be like, you know, apply, you know, grass may be greener on the other side. Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah, you just have to apply because, like I was mentioning, like you know, a little a while ago, like I don't want to think about that. I just want to be positive about it. Yeah, because if you think about it. If you think about it, you can apply that to anything in life, right? Exactly. Like, oh yeah, like my uh, these shoes are so like you know I don't like these shoes. Then you go out buy other shoes, yeah. and then the next thing you know, you have blisters everywhere. You don't know. <laughs> you don't it know. Can, you can apply that to anything, but I don't know. Like you know the type of job it is. Like you know, yeah. I it can be intense at times, but overall, I've heard from a lot of people who have actually been in this position that. You know, like if you know what you're doing, doing it's good. It's fine. Yeah. But it does, because of the nature of the job, it can get intense yeah. every now and then. And I'm cool with that. I'm like, well, because this is what I have to compare my next job to. 16 hour days, <laughs> running around like a dog, staying up on my feet and uh, with my arthritis, yeah. right? Uh, answering to shitty human beings, yeah. getting in fight with shitty coworkers about nothing. 
nothing at all like mm-hmm. sh- stupid shit like lunch times and all that kind of stuff so to me it's like well if every now and then i have to work an extra hour or i have to like and here's the other thing right my current job what did it really require me to do nothing except occupy space a fucking chair can occupy space it requires no skill and what i want out of my life currently which I believe most people would want, is do something, anything, a little bit more meaningful, where I'm actually applying my skill set, where I'm actually working my brain. That's work. Not just be a piece of furniture at a location. (laughs) Right? Like, that's that's not work. That's not a job. I know people would be like, well, that sounds so easy. You're getting paid for practically doing nothing. Trust me, it, it sounds like amazing, yeah. but in reality, it's, it is the worst thing you can ever do with your life. And doesn't this tie back really nicely in terms of like where we started? You know, if you have the means and if you have a shitty job, whether it's the shitty mechanics of the job itself or shitty people around you, that isn't that reason enough that if you have the means, put yourself into a better position of course by getting the fuck out of there. no of course and this will be the last bit here uh i wanted to really talk about uh work and all of that mainly because i wanted to just drive one single point home is that a lot of people end up in these shitty jobs due to no fault of their own Life is such, circumstances sometimes force your hand, there's desperation, there are many other factors that put you in a place of no other option but a shitty job. The number one thing that everybody should be doing at that point is using all your resources, put all your eggs in the basket and get the fuck out of there. But unfortunately, what happens is, is that these shitty jobs, like we mentioned before, they're designed to keep you there. It fucks you up beyond repair at the place that counts the most, which is mentally. And it breaks you, breaks your soul. You know what you have to do next. But you can't get your body to move that way. Yeah. It's like, you know, sleep paralysis, yeah. right? Sometimes you're aware that, oh, shit, I know what's happening. But you can't get your brain to work with your body. That's depression as well. Yeah. Is that, you so know- one of the, my favorite quotes about depression is uh, memes actually is this one picture of uh, like all these things stacked together and is rubber banded together and you can see like it actually caused me anxiety just looking at the picture you can see that it's trying to collapse and at the bottom it said this thing is trying to collapse but it cannot due to the constant pressure of the rubber band and I was like wow that's what depression is you want to fall apart but the constant stress is keeping you going and that's exactly what shitty jobs do. It's like you know where to go next. You, your entire body, mind, and soul is screaming to get out of that situation. But or because there's something, and I can't find the word for it right now, but there's something that doesn't allow you to do so. The, the thing that helped me is that never give up. And when I say that, is that realistically speaking, I'm going to stop yeah, yeah. get back into it. But never give up, never give up. The way it really works is, is that people give up all the time. What's important is that 
get back into it. It's okay to give up. You're only a human. Yeah. It's okay. But just remember to pick yourself back up and just know that you deserve a lot more than what you have right now. Just know that you can be so much more than you are right now. And those are the things, the reason I'm getting all, you know, mushy about this <laughs> is because those are very important things that we forget when we're in a situation where we're locked into the shitty job with a shitty environment, shitty people, we forget our own value. What we are worth, we forget them. Yeah. And, you know, know. there's something to be said here about uh, a support network as well, is that, yes, a support network can help with that, but only as so far as what you allow it to do for you, right? Because at the end of the day, as much as a a wonderful um, support network you might have, until you take the steps yourself, which is hard, you're never going to you yeah. know, get out of that situation. And that's what I was alluding to. At the end of the day, it's all on you. Yeah. It's all on you. And I know that's, you know, a lot of people might get not like hearing that or get scared hearing that. But I was like that too. But that is the truth. It yeah. is all on you. Yeah. Right. Like that's why you have to constantly remind yourself what you are worth. Right. Because that is the first thing shitty jobs take away from you. You yeah. forget. You don't even know how to remind yourself what you're capable of. Okay. And, uh, and, and what I just said, it ties back really nicely with uh, the very first thing we talked about. We, we stay away from what is good for us, right? Like turnips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so constantly reminding yourself what you're capable of and what you're worth is important in any aspect of your life. And I feel like it's really important, especially when you are stuck in this limbo in life, be it work, be it other problems and stuff like that. That is the first thing that it takes away from us is uh, just reminding ourselves who we are and what we can do. Yeah, yeah. So always remember to do that for yourself. Always remember to pick up that turnip. <laughs> and just shove it in your mouth rather than ordering skip the dishes again. <laughs> this has been a good session. Yeah. Despite <laughs> where we started and how this was going to go. Actually, no, um, all things aside, I think uh, this was a, a good session to kind of traverse through as far as giving context is concerned. Um, but I guess with any topic, We'll take deep dives, I'm assuming, later on, and we'll have all the time to do so uh, because there's nuances to any sort of broad strokes topic such as work, and there's many facets to it. And another thing I guess we should never forget in life is uh, what eggs do for us. Oh, shit. So fragile, these eggshells, yet strong enough to hold its own. Damn. So yeah, we'll talk about that next time, I guess. We'll eggs. talk about uh, we'll talk about eggs in our next session. Exactly. Uh, so we'll leave it right there, I guess. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for the support. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.